are now in the car. All right, good morning, happy Friday, and it is back to the rankings of the unfortunates. Now, last week, it was just basically a bye week of the rankings. Now we're resetting. So I had a little bit of time to go through, and number 32, I'm just going to make very, very simple. I'm not going to leave my stance until Jared Goff gets bench, cut, or otherwise to get a new young quarterback in there just to see what they can do. They're 0-10-1. They are out of the postseason. I don't think they're going to run it all. I don't think they're going to run the table. So they're not going to make it interesting for us. I, I honestly, I'm, I look, I love Campbell. Campbell called out his quarterback six games ago. I don't see Detroit rebounding in any way, shape, or form or unless Jared Goff is gone. If everybody thinks that this whole team is that bad, that they're not going to win another game. Now, on the show, The Coastal Bros, I left out one key fact during our Jared Goff debate. He's never won any game without Sean McVay. So that being said... He's had two other head coaches and now two different teams, obviously. So, obviously Detroit, he's never won a game. And when he first got into the league with Jeff Fisher, he never won a game either. People might call me biased because I'm a Tennessee Titan fan. And I'm not exactly a fan of the way Jared Goff kind of went in there and just was like, but that's just my feelings, but looking at him on the field, he does not progress past the second look. For him to sit there in the pocket and mm, 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 and try and get that third, fourth, and fifth look, and sometimes it might be a check down, that's, that's, that's not him. Now, first two reads, one, two, he's got it down. And that's the reason why he was successful. But Sean McVay needed that guy who could get that third, fourth read going. So that is my number one reason why I have the Detroit Lions on the bottom of the NFL. Sorry, you guys. I just, And my favorite line, again, I didn't say it during the debate. My favorite line about Jared Goff is, I play golf, I'm not with golf. So, anyway, on to the next one. Alright guys, and, you know, I'm about to ask about this next team, and all you hear is crickets. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they have a great, great quarterback. I I don't know, maybe because... 
I watched two or more in college than I did of Trevor Lawrence. But there's throws I've seen Trevor Lawrence make in the NFL that I'm like, wait, if he just gets talent. The only field, the only reason why I have Jacksonville at number 31 is because the team just lacks talent. Urban Meyer used to go into, you know, anybody's he could find talent anywhere because he was Urban Meyer and he's easier to recruit than it is to sign. Let's just be honest. It's easier to recruit than it is to sign. I would like to sit here and say that this is an Urban Meyer issue, but that team plays hard for him. I'm sitting here thinking maybe if they just have a little bit more time, get a little bit more talent. Give Urban Meyer and Jacksonville and that coach a full three years. If they're still playing like this or if they still look like this with more talent, then I say get rid of it. But until then, Jaguars are number 31 for now. All right, you guys, when it comes down to number 30, we got really one thing to talk about. Coaching, blah. Talent, blah. Quarterback, we all personally like, but he's not great. So, what do you do? I think this is maybe the third time I think I've ever said this is the only time I think maybe an organization should consider selling. Um, I don't see what the current, what the organization as it stands right now and what's been reported that I'm not going to repeat here. I don't know if they're going to rebound. People are now requesting to leave Houston. The only people that are going to go there are people that are drafted. They're going to be they're going to be a doormat for the next 3 to 5 years. Or unless something miraculous happens. I don't see anybody wanting to go to Houston. Houston Honestly, right now is in a bad draft position because no court, no great super quarterback is coming out. But what you might want to do, draft a tackle. And you're going to want to trade down. You're going to need to get as much draft capital as you want. As much as you can. I just think Houston is in a very bad situation organizationally I just I don't I don't see it working and I see this I see the Houston Texans becoming the New York Jets of Texas You got your Dallas Cowboys and you got the Houston Texans you got the the New York Football Giants champions great good organization who's trying to rebound you know trying to rebuild and then you got the Jets And I guess they call that a segue because I'm about to go right from the Houston Texans into 
All right, the New York Jets at number 29 is interesting to me. Does anybody else other than me feel like that if the New York Giants, New York Jets start Flacco, this team might actually be a competitive team? And I don't know if Joe Flacco is the right mentor for Jay Cutler Jr. Um, I mean, me personally, I love Joe Flacco. There are a lot of people who don't. I'm going to keep calling this dude Jay Cutler Jr. until he proves me otherwise. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't see him being better than Jay Cutler. Will he see an AFC championship? Doubtful. He's in New York. All right. Now, here at number 28 is kind of interesting. The Chicago Bears. They need a fresh start. Let's just be honest. Khalil Mack is a good, very good football player. But he's not a Brian Erlacher. He's not, he's not from that tree. He's not even a Lance Briggs of the Chicago Bears, okay? For those of you who don't know who Lance Briggs, he's one of the great Chicago linebackers who people don't really don't know if you don't follow the great linebackers for Chicago. And then we all know about, I'm not even going to go that way. Either way, we all kind of like Chicago. I just feel like they need a fresh start. I feel like they need a new general manager. I like Matt Nagy. I didn't think I would, but I actually do. I just think he's in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I'm not going to get deep. All I know is I'm going to start talking about college draft picks and what these teams need to start doing here soon. I talked about it a couple teams ago. The Texans need to start all the way over. They need to start with a left tackle. But I think they can trade down to do it in this draft. The Bears, they need a running back. They can also trade back to do that. They need a thumper. They need a guy who can bring along a second-year quarterback. You need to get a good, good coach. I'm not going to get into that this week. I'm going to start heading that way next week. Let's go on number 27. Coming in at number 27 is a very serious question. The Seattle Seahawks, after losing their last game, mathematically they're not out of the playoffs, but if they lose one more game, they're basically out. Um, The NFC is very stacked right now. I'm not going to go through the list of playoff teams. I'm not going to go through that. So what I am going to do is... I wrote in my notes, I said, is Pete Carroll done in Seattle? 
I'm going to change that question for all of you guys watching. Is it Pete Carroll who should leave or is it Russell Wilson who should leave? Is Russell Wilson at the point where I've put my whole heart and soul into this job and into this organization and I'm just not fulfilled as a employee of this company? Or is he a guy that just needs a fresh start and on the other side of that question is Pete Carroll done coaching and the other side of that question is is Pete Carroll done coaching in Seattle and if he's done coaching in Seattle I I okay now I'm literally coming up with this literally at the last second I didn't write it down in my notes I wasn't thinking about it I just happen to be thinking about it at this moment in time. How would Pete Carroll be in Chicago with that team? And how good would that coach hear me out. This should be the trade of the offseason. Seattle and Chicago trade coaches. Russ gets to cook in Seattle. And Pete Carroll gets to run an old school football team with an old school organization with an old school field. I don't know about you guys, but I can imagine Pete Carroll in Chicago. And I feel like with that quarterback who's got a very great skill set, I'm not going to sit there and say that he needs a lot around him, but I am going to sit there and say that he needs a lot of attention on the other side of the football that would help him. It Look, Pete Carroll knows how to run the ball. He knows how to draft running backs. I think that helps Chicago right now. I know that sounds really weird. Would you trade coaches between Chicago and Seattle right now? Would you do it? I'm going to write that in my notes because now I'm pretty sure I'm going to want to bring that up during the next Coastal Bros next Tuesday. All right, all right. And coming in at number 26, I want to be frankly honest. I'm surprised that the coaching is going so well. The offensive coordinator is shocking me. And the funny thing is, I don't even know the names of any of these people. And I follow football. Philly just feels like one of those teams that you get lost in. Um, Jalen Hurts has played better, I think, than anybody has really expected. 
He's been up and down, but he's only really had a couple of downs. He hasn't really been down the whole season. The dude's played pretty good. If he's not a starting quarterback in the league, I'd, I'd kind of be shocked. All right, let's just be honest. Tua's better than Jalen Hurts as of right now with Tua being healthy. But Jalen Hurts is definitely better. Jalen Hurts is definitely better than Jared Goff. Is it any way possible Philly finds a way to trade for Deshaun Watson, which has been speculated, because they're rebuilding anyway. And besides, this is one of the best rebuilding teams I think I've ever seen. Philly finds a way to get Deshaun Watson, and Detroit finds a way to get Jalen Hurts. Here's the question. Is Jalen Hurts on Detroit right now a winless football team? I don't think so. And with that coach, he's a motivator. Jalen Hurts is a smart athlete. And his throws are not, he's not wildly inconsistent throwing the football. He doesn't have a strong arm as Jared Goff. But I think he's a better overall quarterback than Jared Goff. We know that the offensive line may be a tad better in Philly. But we all know Detroit's going to, they're going to address that in the offseason. So, I feel like Jalen Hurts is a starting, Jalen Hurts could be the next Tyrod Taylor. So Jalen Hurts, Tyrod Taylor 2.0. That seems to fit to me. Philly's defense. This team is supposed to be rebuilding. Yes, they did trade for the corner from Detroit, uh, Slay, who costs a lot. But they're actually not playing bad. This is the same, this is the same team we saw physically go toe-to-toe with San Francisco. San Francisco was healthy at that time. That was a that's a physical football team, San Francisco, and they're starting to show it now. When you're one when one of your starting wide receivers can play a running back, I mean that kind of says exactly who you are as a football team. I really, really believe. That Philly is either better than we thought or the coaching is better than we thought. And I think it's actually a little bit of both. But the only reason why I got them ranked so low is just due to the record. Sorry, Eagles fans, you guys were number 26. we're coming off a bye week I got a tie at 25 let's just be obvious the New York Giants people have told me that the Miami Dolphins have had the worst offensive line in the league don't believe it 
the Giants have the worst offensive line in the league. By far. Since the very start of the season, that's been the worst offensive line. We can also mention another team who has a not great to bad offensive line. The Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't want to sit here and say the reason why that Big Ben looks so terrible is because his offensive line is terrible. Well, there is some truth to that. And then let's look at what Big Ben has been horrible at his whole career. Horrible footwork. Scanning between 5 and 10 yards. Throws a good deep ball. He knows how to scan downfield. It's easier for somebody who's, I believe he's 6'5", 6'6", 260, 250. People say he lost weight. Okay. I'll, I'll take the argument. We'll say he weighs 230. 6'6", 230. He doesn't have to whip his head around when he has a huge arm to throw it downfield. Big Ben has always had a problem reading wide receivers and his going through his progressions. And he won a Super Bowl with Jerome Bettis. He was a one-read quarterback with a running offensive line and one of the top 40 running backs of all time in Jerome Bettis. And a defense. So... And then you look at his other Super Bowl win. Well, you got the greatest quarterback whisperer of all time, Bruce Arians. He took Andrew Luck to a championship game. He won a Super Bowl with Ben Rossberger. He's now won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Not always head coach. Everywhere he goes... Arizona went to a uh, Super Bowl and NFC Championship game. Uh, so there, he's always had a guy and gotten the best out of that guy at that quarterback position, including Carson Palmer, who we honestly might could say that Carson Palmer's greatest success in his whole career was in Arizona where Bruce Arians and not in Cincinnati where the bulk of his career was. So, when we look at Ben Rosenberger, he holds on to the ball too long. He's famous for, oh, I'm going to throw the ball. Oh, somebody hit me. I didn't fall over. Let me try and run out of this. He ends up doing run out of this. Throws a pass that you still don't know how it ended up getting out of his hand and then into another guy's hand. Big Ben is known for this. So when we look at what's wrong with Pittsburgh, it's their offensive line. Their defense is doing the best they can with what they got. 
and then again, I know people are like, dude, don't shoot the horse. Well, I'm going to shoot the horse. I'm going to shoot the... And I'm going to shoot the saddle that was on the horse. And I'm going to shoot the spurs I was on the feet. If you tie Jared Goff in a game and you're supposed to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, you're either there too long, not doing well, or something is seriously wrong with your football team. Pittsburgh has the next-to-last offensive line in the NFL. Period. 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 And the other team just happens to be the Giants. And the Giants are, I think, third and fourth in the league. I saw that out of starting rotation players and starters, rotation players and injury total, the Giants are third in the league. I believe Tennessee is number one. The Giants are either two or three. And I think San Francisco is up there too. And I think Pittsburgh is like sixth or seventh on that. So they have injury issues too. So that's what I got, guys. Pittsburgh and the Giants are the best of the worst. And isn't that funny because they got one of the worst offensive lines. Yeah. They both do. The only difference is, is Pittsburgh's starting running back is still <laughs> healthy. But thank you guys for joining me this week on The Unfortunates. We're going to start diving into college football, y'all. Where does college football fit in on The Unfortunates this year? Oh, and last but not least, isn't it unfortunate that Adrian Peterson signed with the Seattle Seahawks? Or is it just a rumor? Is it Adrian Peterson or is it all AD all day? Let's see who signed with Seattle. Everybody have a great evening. Have a great, wonderful weekend. Please be safe and God bless you.